Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, we're back. I'm here with two guests that are here for all the right reasons. <laughs> Stephanie and Jackie from She's All Batch. How you doing? Hi. Hi. We're, we're great. Cool. We're excited. I'm so excited. We have so much to say and cover. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how I've gotten this far without doing any Bachelor recaps, which is bizarre because it's one of my fixations that I probably mm-hmm. bring up in some way every week. You guys are Bachelor historians and you're coming with all the tea. We're going to be covering one of the most, I'm going to say iconic seasons of The Bachelor. I would agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Infamous, iconic, like there's <laughs> there's a few words that could be used for it. So we're going to be chatting Nick Vial today. This was sandwiched between the seasons of Ben Higgins and Ari Leindyke. So a real mixed bag. But just for like a very quick intro for anyone who is not familiar with Nick Vial. We first met him in 2014 as a young 33-year-old who was competing on Andy Dorfman season. He went on to do in total two seasons of The Bachelorette, one season of Paradise, his own season of The Bachelor, and went from being the most hated man in Bachelor Nation to now a sort of beloved that's subjective (laughs) like in a way (laughs) okay also he was on bachelor in paradise too he did five did you say paradise yeah paradise he's okay sorry i know the five hit wonder no i know i was like i wanted to like give just a general bio without putting in my my opinions in it because i want to hear like your overall thoughts on nick i don't know if he's infamous in the general population or just in my heart and mind I mean, he's definitely infamous within the She's All Batch community, I yeah. think. Um, he, I mean, he's gone from, like you said, being a, I, I would say maybe controversial bachelor to then like having, he's really built like a podcast empire. But I think in doing that, he's gotten a bit of um, an inflated ego in us smaller podcasts who work really hard to try to, you know, um, bring out the same content he kind of has said some things to kind of look down on smaller podcasts that are probably working three times as hard to accomplish what he's kind of done. So that's my two cents on him. Yeah. I will say though, he's so polarizing, like looking, I'm so excited to recap this episode from his season because it really was before the bachelor took such a turn. Like, I don't think the Mm -hmm. show that we are going to recap today is like the show that's on right now. Like it's not nearly as good anymore. And back when Nick was the bachelor, and Ben, and even Ari a little, that's when the show is in like its prime. He just is a polarizing figure. And I remember when they announced him as The Bachelor after like he's leaving Paradise, he breaks up with that girl, um, Jen. Yeah. And they announced him as The Bachelor. And I remember like dancing around my house. I was so excited that someone like him was The Bachelor. I'm like, I'm so pumped. Like this is going to be great. And like, it really was a good season. So I think in that sense, I can't knock him. But yeah, in the podcast world, he, 
he referred to, I think it was at us where I, he didn't say she's all batch, but he referred to um, a fan podcast that interviews, what is it? Interviews washed, washed up reality, up reality stars. stars, which we then in turn named our next episode, a fan podcast that interviews washed up reality stars because like, you know, got to take a jab back, Nick. Oh my God. You're just adding like more gasoline to the fire. I, I hate him more than a villain than like your classic villain because the villains in the bachelor world, that's their title. They get the ominous music whenever they're on screen. But Nick, I think because he's not quote unquote, a straight up villain. And because some people are fans and celebrate him, that's, that's what really gets me. And that he sometimes has gotten exclusives with people that I really want to hear from on his podcast. Like when Scandal was going down, I was like, no, Chris and Dodie, like, don't, don't, do, I can't give him a listen. Like, I oh, just. Oh, I won't. I don't. No. <laughs> and not to mention the whole fact of like, what qualifies him to have essentially a dating advice podcast. Like it, he covers a few different things, but a lot of it is like dating advice. He's also the author of Don't Text Your Ex, uh, Happy Birthday, and other advice on love, sex, and dating. For a while, he was going to go back to school to become a therapist, too, because he thought he was so good at dating advice, which is kind of wild to think. <laughs> it's so wild. And even wilder, considering he's found his happiness and his forever with with Natalie child Joy, bride. his child bride. So they met when she was 20 and he was 38. And there's just like a special place in hell for men who, like... They can't settle down and then they get older and then they just happen to find their soulmate who is a 20-year-old Instagram model who I guess they just had to wait a year before they went to the bars. But they <laughs> seem happy to have a baby on the way. God bless. But this in his mind qualifies him to have his advice podcast. But before all this, we meet him as The Bachelor in this recap that we're going to be doing. So we're going to be covering season 21, episode two, which aired January 9th, 2017. And it wasn't that long ago, but you're right. The show really is a completely different show. The whole concept of for the right reasons, but it's really become all caps for the right reasons this looming concept over the franchise where it's just code for like are you here to be an influencer or not would you guys say that that's what's really thrown a wrench in the show I think so and I think like Nick season in particular was right on the cusp where I think a significant portion of the girls on his season ended up being some of the most influential influencer type people in Bachelor Nation Afterwards, So I feel like that's why his season was so good because it was right on the cusp of people realizing what you could do with this kind of opportunity. And then I feel like since everyone's just trying to recreate some of like that magic that Corinne kind of. Um, yeah, I will say it's that I think it's a lot of people trying to recreate old stuff. Like you're never going to find like a Michelle money or a Courtney, like I'm an OG. And like, that's the stuff that when I saw it for the first time, I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. And to see the girls now or guys trying to emulate that, you could just tell they're trying to fill the role versus just being yourself and seeing where you land. Like you never know what edit you're going to get. So I think it's that. And I also think like, I feel like the producers lost it. Like it's not the same show anymore. And I think they're yeah. very much trying to force things to happen and not focusing on the stuff that viewers actually want to see. Like, I don't know if you watch paradise, but the amount of time that was spent around a girl being constipated, 
Like, yeah, show us that for a couple of minutes. It's a funny whatever. But, like, they literally spent, like, a half hour talking about how this girl hasn't pooped. And there's just a way – I find myself watching the show now and feeling like I'm wasting my time versus back in the day when, like, it was Ben Higgins or Nick – I was glued to my screen. Chris Soule's best season ever. Like, I just feel like I don't feel the same way anymore. And I don't know if I've changed or if like the <laughs> franchise has just gone downhill. It has gone downhill. Well, it's, it's funny because right around the time where it went downhill, I moved across the country. And so like my usual crew that we'd have our wine and be shouting at the screen. Now it's just kind of like a solo endeavor. And I'm like, is it me? Is it the show? But the show has taken a turn. Speaking of this season, like we're going to talk more about the people who are on it, but you mentioned Corinne and people like that are a rare anomaly where like their personality just genuinely is made for TV. Her mm-hmm. saying like, my heart is gold, but my vagina is platinum. Like that comes earnestly to her. It's so obvious to the viewer when someone's trying to like, be a Corinne and like create a moment and like create merch, you know, just from their presence. Mm-hmm. It just, totally. Which she did. She had platinum vagine merch. And that's, I wouldn't want it any other way. Like, Corinne is just a a great character. Although, now I'm watching her on House of Villains, and now I'm questioning. That's that's a whole other (laughs) story. (laughs) Oh, I haven't watched. Is she getting a bad edit? I didn't watch. No, I think I was just excited for House of Villains, and I'm honestly not enjoying it at all. Like, I just feel like the setting is so contrived. Yeah, I don't really get it. Because it's like, what? I... I could go on a whole other podcast about House of Villains. I haven't watched it, but I haven't wanted to because I feel like all these people are quote unquote villains due to the circumstances that happened within their own respective show. Not necessarily because they're like evil, sneaky people, like especially someone like Corinne, like she is a a sweet girl. We've had her on our podcast um, who just like was really funny in the circumstances of The Bachelor. So it's like, why would you put when you put all these people together and call it House of Villains? It's like, so they're just incentivized to like make up Mm. these like evil, mean personalities. And what are they competing for? Being like the most evil, mean. It's just so inorganic because I don't think any of those people would act that way had not the circumstances been perfect on their particular show. And I don't think Jax Taylor is a villain. I said this on our podcast. I'm like, why is out of Vanderpump? Tom Sandoval is a villain. Like, why would they? I just feel like they chose Jax because Tom wasn't available. Well, Mm -hmm. Tom, yeah, Tom is is a villain now in the sense of like this canon event. But like Jax in general just is leans into like the he's a bad boy. I wouldn't say he's a villain. I think there's a difference. Yeah. Well, but Jax is someone who will like, Jax will like lean into the bit. And you know what I mean? And that's why I think he's like, they want him for a show like that. Cause he's like, oh, you want House of Villains? Sure. I'll just be like a jackass. But that's why it feels just like so performative. Cause it's like just Jax like leaning into whatever bit they kind of want for him. Exactly. Yeah. Corinne's not like a menace to society who's walking into like every room and screaming at people. Anyhow, I'm glad you guys feel the way that I do. For now, I want to get into season 21, episode two. I watched the first episode just to like brush up on everything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the first two episodes really revolves around Liz, who mm-hmm. we're going to get into Liz and Kristen. But this season has women that I would say are at like 
an all-star level. Just like a 12 out of 10, like looks, personality, career. You have Rachel Lindsay, Vanessa, Raven, Astrid, Corinne, yeah. like star-studded cast. Those women are yeah. great. Star-studded cast. But from the moment we meet Liz, sweet Liz, we have ominous foreboding tones playing <laughs> in the background. Like she's supposed to be a villain. It's basically like horror movie music. And the first thing that we hear from her is her saying that her Nick had previously met, they had sex, and she wants to potentially like rekindle things with him. They are showing a lot of in their intro packages of the girls just like your classic stuff staring off wistfully into the distance with her. I noticed that they're showing her with shots of like her having crazy eyes. It it was very subtle, but they're really positioning her to be crazy Liz and she gets out of the limo she doesn't say who she is right away um because she's she said that she's just trying to see if like Nick's gonna remember and then she says later in her confessional like I, that he didn't remember that we had sex you know oh someone kissed him on night one that's okay we kissed nine months ago sounding like a stalker and then episode two we get into our first date where the producers are trying to torture the women, so they have to all dress up in bridal attire and do photo shoots in front of each other. Like one of the, the first of many like awkward dates. Mm -hmm. So you guys interviewed Liz and we interviewed got... Liz we and Kristen. Kristen, we interviewed Corinne, we interviewed Alexis Waters. Like we have like so much behind the scenes tea on this season specifically. I will say with the Liz, well, no, backing up a second, Liz walking in the first night and saying that she slept with Jaden, uh, slept with Nick at Jaden Tanner's wedding. That's why those seasons were good because that is a real story. Like they really did sleep together and having her walk in, I remember watching in real time and can you curse here? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. Like, I was like, this is the type of shit I want to see. It's not some like orchestrated storyline that's being forced down someone's throat like this really is a girl he previously had sex with and she's showing up at the mansion that's good tv so yeah. i think that's like one of the reasons why like those seasons used to be good because they had a lot of more real components and then two with liz saying in her intro package that she slept with nick um she did not say that until the season stopped airing so they wanted right they wanted when we interviewed mm -hmm. her she told us we're like oh what did you do? Say it once. And they kept replaying it over and over because we're on to producers. We understand what goes on behind the scenes. And she said she did not say that once while they actually filmed the season. But after the season had wrapped, they realized they wanted to make that a storyline that they flew to Vegas where she was living and then shot mm -hmm. all those again. So any like voiceover where she's like, oh, I kissed him nine months ago. Like all that was after the show had already stopped filming. Like Nick's engaged. And she's recording all this. They like convince. I think they. She said that they um, got her drunk. They're like, "Oh, come on, let's have some shots or whatever." And they got her loosened up. And she's like, "All right, fine." And then she started telling the story about that. But none of that yeah, was so actually you, while they were filming. Yeah. So if you look closely at any time, like there's a, a time in particular in this episode too, where she is like at the pool with Kristen, and they're having conversations about like her background with Nick. Anytime she says, "And we had sex." You do not see her mouth move or say that line because that's dubbed in after the fact. And there are a couple other scenes that they put them side by side where they had conversations where like the conversation literally didn't even happen. Kristen was talking to a producer 
um, Liz was talking to a producer and they cut it together and you never see a two shot of them there. So there's a lot of sneaky things like that to totally like manufacture this storyline. But I think at the time we weren't as smart as like reality TV viewers as we maybe are now. And so at the time people are eating it up thinking that this is really exactly how things are playing out. But one of the goals of our podcast is to kind of like expose those things and call them out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's like my whole obsession with this whole thing. And that's Mm -hmm. what it's so fun to do with The Bachelor because they're so notorious for frankenbiting. If anyone's unfamiliar with the term, yeah, where their mouth's not moving, you see their head from behind. They're like, we had sex. And it's like just clearly dropped in. But it's funny because I was actually watching these two episodes with a friend who's visiting from out of town. She's never seen The Bachelor before. And so seeing it like through her eyes, she was like, oh, I get really bad vibes from that girl. I was like, hold that thought. (laughs) Like I I, like wanted to get like more information from you guys, but I was already watching it through the lens of like, I've already seen this season. Mm -hmm. I know that that the way that they're portraying Liz and the way that she's vilified isn't the full story. It was just making me notice the serial killer music that they were playing Mm -hmm. every time she'd be like, we met nine months ago. People need to know that these folks are being interviewed for hours at a time. Yeah. I actually have been told by a contestant before that he was sitting in an interview room with producers for hours and they kept asking him the same question in different ways. And finally he was just like, what is it that you want me to say? Like, what is the soundbite you're trying to get from me? And then they told him and he's like, I'm not saying that. So let's move on. And like, eventually he got out of the room, but like, he's like, they will ask you like the same question And if you're not giving them what you want, they like turn the question around to like manipulate you into saying something that maybe you didn't even mean. And then they say, then they play that, they put the scary music behind it. And then there you are, you're the villain. Yeah. I feel like by the time they finish filming, like they probably have you saying every single word in the dictionary so that they can Mm -hmm. just kind of piece together even like certain sentences that literally never happened. Like literally all they had to do was get Liz to say sex at one point and then they can kind of cut we had sex. <laughs> well, she did actually say it though. Like after the show was wrapped, she did really. Sure, say in a full, yeah, 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 yeah. But like yeah. they could piece anything. And at the time, like we don't know that, so it yeah. it looks like she's just saying over and over and over, mm. "We had sex, we had sex." Like it, it's as if she is crazed. Like she needs to be escorted off. It's like literal interrogation techniques in order to get a specific answer out of people and also like i'm not crying a river for the bachelor contestants at the same time because they are signing up for this experience you sign up for whatever edit they're going to give you in exchange for you do get the influencer platform and and money and all that so i don't know if it's a fair trade-off it depends on the contestant so going back to this group date we see them in wedding attire and I forgot just how much they really humiliate the women. So people are in, some people are in like beautiful wedding gowns. One woman is naked with a little uh, underwear on and like her hair covering her boobs because she's like Eve getting married. And then another has like a nine months pregnant belly and a shotgun. You know, they put the girl who's obviously about to get eliminated soon as the bridesmaid right behind like pretty Although Raven was a bridesmaid though which was weird it's like they didn't know they it's like they you know you didn't know where Raven was going to end up at that time so she she was a bridesmaid but so was Lacey Mark who like went home the next episode 
Yeah. Raven, yeah, Raven wasn't like right out of the gate someone that I, I would have necessarily said would go to no, on not to at be all. the the runner up slash like darling of the bachelor world that was another mm-hmm. crazy thing about watching this with someone who who didn't know any of these people because the whole time she's like did they did they end up like getting married like who did he choose i'm like yeah. i'm gonna at the end i'm like i'm gonna do a full <laughs> historical like we're gonna go through everyone's instagrams i'll tell you where they all ended up but it was kind of comforting i'm like oh i guess they all kind of have found their happiness like they're all paired off yeah most of them are like happily married with kids but throughout this date you see Liz and her friend her her what looks like her best friend at the house at this point Kristen and this is where the frank inviting really comes into play because you see them laying together and because you guys had mentioned that you have tea from interviewing them I was looking at it through this lens So first they're laying down on their stomachs in bathing suits, like in the sun. And she's like, yeah, me and Nick met and had sex. And then they're like in two different locations, like having the same conversation. Mm -hmm. Like through that view, it would be as if like Liz is just like following Chris around being like, me and Nick had sex like all day. It's like psychotic behavior, but that's not what's happening. So you kind of touched on this earlier, but you said they interviewed both of them with producers and then spliced it together. Yeah. So when they're laying there at the pool, I do believe that they maybe had some sort of conversation of, cause the things that you see Liz's mouth actually say is something about having a history with Nick. She was um, Jade's maid of honor and they met at the wedding. I do believe maybe she did say that to Kristen, but the one specific part that says we had sex you do not see her mouth say that. It kind of cuts like a weird back shot of her head. But I do believe maybe when they were laying there, they had a conversation about some sort of history. Right. Then, it, like you said, it cuts to another scene where they're sitting side by side. That scene legitimately happen. never happened. Kristen was talking to a producer about something totally irrelevant. And the producer's getting her reactions of like, whoa, really? Oh my God. And then they put Liz in that same seat opposite Liz also talking to a producer and a producer is getting the conversation from her so Liz literally never spoke to Kristen about any of that that scene did not exist right and, and they like, were interviewing either of them and we're like we don't know this because obviously when you're watching it you when you're saying or I think Jackie you said that like we're smarter now I still feel like mm-hmm. if I watched this episode for the first time today I would believe it because like there's really nothing to make you think otherwise it, it yeah. was done well um but when we interviewed them i was like okay so you obviously confided in kristen How, like what what made you choose her to confide i asked something and she's like i didn't confide in kristen that never happened and she explained the whole story and we were just like mind blown like it's crazy it's one thing to do frank inviting and and editing scenes it's another thing to like completely make up a conversation like that's like- wild and did she say, like, why she didn't want to tell Kristen? Was it because she was just trying to be, like, respectful of... Well, she didn't like, want to talk about it. At, she didn't tell anyone. Like, she didn't talk about it in a confessional. She didn't tell anyone in the house. It was something that she didn't want to talk about. It wasn't until after the show was over that they're like, hey, we really need this. Come on. Like, what can we do to get you to do this? And I don't remember if they, like, gave her something or, like, I don't know. Yeah. But I know they that they flew have. there and were like, where are we? Oh, no. She said... um, I know. She said we had to, they had to fly to Vegas because they had to shoot your intro package because I guess they didn't do it 
So they go to Vegas to shoot like, oh, we're going to film you walking down the street. We're going to film you whatever profession you have. Like we're going to film you pretending to do that. And they, they sit her down and they're like, we're going to need you to talk about Nick. And after like, I guess, pressuring her, she finally cracked. And it's just crazy to hear like the amount of times we heard it on the show to know that she never actually said it during filming. That's just crazy to me. Mm -hmm. It is so crazy too. And so even if the producers didn't do any of that, let's say like she was just there talking a lot about Nick and their hookup. That's also even less crazy when like you think about the setting that it's if if you put me in a house and there's like someone that I have a crush on and I'm like away from like everyone I know and my phone and (laughs) all this stuff they're like just think about this one person that you're like potentially interested in I'm like yeah I'll get obsessive in 20 minutes it doesn't take that much but it even then she still was considerate of the other women and not trying to, you know, show off or flex anything. Totally. I feel like too, I I feel like people have said to us as well that like the reason why they're able to get you to say so many things is, is for exactly the reason you just said that you are cut off from your, your friends, family support system, no cell phone, no TV. So they really make you to believe that like your producer is your friend and they really like trick you. And then that becomes your only confidant. That's the only person that you can like bounce ideas off of. And you really like grow to trust them. And then a lot of people have said, once they watch the show back, they're like, Oh wait, they use that in that context. Like that's not even how I said it at all. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of like ways they isolate you to get you to feel like you have only have this one person that you can confide in. Yeah, I know. There's like a sick part of me that wants to be like a bachelor producer for a day. Me too. Like I just, I would love to either be like, well, I'm not like looks wise okay to be in front of the camera. They have a very specific type that you know is. This is just this. This is look. I I don't know if you're familiar with Jenna from Daycard Pod, who has the roses for everybody campaign that mm-hmm. whole campaign is centered around the fact that like the only contestants allowed on are basically like minus size zero double mm-hmm. zero like it, it just is a very interesting world but yeah I would love to be like also behind the camera and like really like observe everything that, that goes on but you guys have contestants on your show you guys get them comfortable enough that they end up like spilling all the dirt which is incredible um but so so back to liz and kristen so the whole premise of also why liz is crazy crazy is because they're saying like okay she had this hookup and now she's telling all the girls and that's making everyone uncomfortable it just would be uncomfortable if that were the case which Mm -hmm. it's not nick is also not helping matters by i think he just genuinely is pissed that she's there i don't think he needed any kind of yeah he's like don't blow up my spot girl i these are all girls that i'm dating and like we see later in the episode he seems to be like pissed that yeah why do you think that is what that he gets i I think that he's pissed that she's there i think it's because i i think nick's smart enough to know that like this is clearly production trying to sabotage him and I think you know as the lead he probably thought that um at the end of the day they would have his back and in a lot of ways they did and in a lot of ways they really protected Vanessa with drama that she had had with other people because they knew that he that he was going to pick her in the end 
Um, but I think it just feels like a betrayal when it's like you're the lead of this show and all the producers are supposed to be there supposedly like helping you find love. I think this is when Nick was still a little naive to the process of reality TV. I think he just feels betrayed by them because he's like, guys, this is like a low blow. You really like went through all the people I've had sex with and found one person that you could convince to come on the show to like stir the I pot for it. me. Like, thanks. I thought it was so good. Like this is one of my favorite <laughs> storylines literally ever. Like I thought it was so good. I also think he was pissed because Nick has an ego the size of like Alabama. And he was pissed mm-hmm. that he tried to get Liz's number after they had sex. And she said, no. And that comes up on the show. And he's like, you know, if you wanted to get in touch with me, I'm, you could have, you know, Jade, we have mutual friends. Like you, you could have come to me. And I think he's like seeing through the fact that, you know, I'm the bachelor. You should want me. And like, you didn't want me in the past. So therefore, like, I don't want you here anymore. That's how I kind of took it. And I also thought that if it really got out that she slept with him, other girls would be mad enough to go home. I know in the trailer, when they were making promos, they made it look like all the girls were going to find out. No one ever freaking found out until the show was airing. But like, they positioned it like the girls were all going to get mad and leave him. Which I, doesn't even really make sense either, because like everyone has a past. That doesn't yeah. really make sense. But... Especially we know Nick's not the Virgin Mary. Like his whole right. storyline. Well, that was another had... thing. Like they very much played into the fact that he was like the sex bachelor. Like he had sex, so we have to have someone come that he's had sex with. Okay, you know? but that is that part is so interesting too because before he was on the show, before he did Andy's season, it was this weird thing where it was like acknowledged, but not that they had sex like they were it was almost like they did fantasy sweet week but they were not allowed to actually like say what they did there even though everyone knows okay you're doing these overnight dates that's that's fuck week like that's what that week is and yet he came on and and was in this huge uh he he got in huge trouble for saying to andy like at the after the final rose when he was like if you didn't love me like why did you make love to me and everyone was like (gasps) you know it was this big moment it was I felt like it was kind of a turning point for the franchise where they... Oh, wow. It really is. I don't want to give them that much credit, but you're right. Like, now sex Mm -hmm. is like... They literally called it sex week during Zach's season. Oh, yeah. I feel like he, like, paved the way for people to have sex. I mean, that's as much credit as I'll give Nick because that that is just him in a nutshell. Like, him moping and being like, oh, my God, like, this thing that's so sacred to me. It's like, give me a break. Like, to me, I... I, Okay, I'm... I love your guys take on why Nick was so pissed because it it adds to my thought which is also just that that's who he really is he's a sleazy guy who's having random hookups and like whatever we all know that to be true I think all these women are probably trying to put that out of their minds and then that's who he really is coming into this season where he's going to be like in a suit and being like I'm ready for marriage now yeah it's just like blurring the lines when he's trying to be on his redemption arc moment on that note, we have to take a quick break we'll be right back hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Okay, so we're we're moving ahead on this episode and they take them on their second date that is there for the purpose of basically humiliating the women and kicking up some dust. They go to the Museum of Broken Relationships and it's like little trinkets and things from past failed relationships, broken relationships, obviously. And here I'm interested in your thoughts or if if Liz said anything about this moment because on the date she is really upset because Nick is ignoring her and in the confessional at the museum itself like she's kind of crying because she's like Nick is avoiding her and all she wants to do is just sit down and have a talk with him did she have any thoughts on this and like was her take on this that she was a bit invested like what was going on for her at this time all the other women are like doing their like breakups, but they're all like acting and fake and so over the top. Then Liz comes out like with a literal, literal journal and reads like an authentic seeming like diary entry. I don't know if we asked her about this specifically, and I'm sure listeners will go back and like tell us that we did what we said, but I, this is like a year and a I half ago, to, guys. Oh my God. If I had I, to be I'm a sure. betting woman, I would say that I'm, I'm sure they got in her head to be like, Liz, this is the time. Like, you really need to, like, confess how you feel to him, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm sure she was really pushed to do that or pushed to feel that, like, this was the only time that she could say those things. Like, I don't think she came up with that idea organically. So I think that's right. Did, did you say that you just listened recently, though? To the yeah. listen? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Do you know the answer to the question? <laughs> did she? Oh, did no. she? Yeah, sorry, I'm honing in on this moment, but I, what I'm thinking more generally is you guys interviewed her and she was saying that it was a much more like casual thing for her, but there are genuine moments where she seems pretty invested and like is talking about Nick and crying. And so I'm wondering mm-hmm. if she had an opinion or if you guys have thoughts on like what the discrepancy yeah. was, because I do think a lot of this very highly manipulated, but she also was quite upset invested no I don't think she was saying that it's a casual thing like she went on to the show she she genuinely liked him like she said that she wasn't in a place in her life to like pursue things after they had sex at the wedding um but afterwards she said she like watched him on Bachelor in Paradise and had an epiphany um I think she felt like I don't know kind of like this like she's wearing the scarlet letter like at that date he was like openly ignoring her meanwhile the whole point of those dates is to like I don't know, try to get like a little hug here and there or some kind of glance. And she really wasn't getting anything. And I think in her eyes, she felt like rejected in that moment. And I think to know that you did have a past with the guy and he's still behaving that way, it makes you feel even worse. Okay. That that's interesting. I mean, like for me, it takes a slight like change in weather for me to cry. Like it really doesn't take that much for me to cry. So I'm like, is she just like the type of gal who's like, I would cry. Yeah. Like how also they're very tired. They're very drunk. That was another thing that I noticed rewatching this episode is how much more they are drinking than, um, they are in current episodes because they've obviously changed the rules on how much they're like allowed to drink. But I think that's very much the formula. Make, make someone incredibly, get me incredibly tired and give me like one sip of alcohol and I will immediately start falling. Um, And I noticed that a lot with the Corinne stuff too. Like 
Corinne is like drunk and they are just feeding her, feeding her, feeding her. The one line that like, if you guys go back and want to watch and see her actually being drunk when she says, um, no one ever held my boobs like that. No one ever will. Like she looks at the camera and I'm like, girl, how much you are wasted. Her eyes are like gone in that. Like there's no, she's like slurring her words. I forgot how drunk they used to get. So drunk. Yeah. And I think Nixie's in particular, all those girls seem to be like, really fun and like always down to party have shots like I think that's what they were there for they just seemed like a really fun group so I think that season in particular they were incredibly drunk but it was interesting to see in such a contrast to how it is now I think they really tried to hide it now yeah Yeah. for anyone listening who's unfamiliar like there's a big scandal with paradise so they they changed Mm -hmm. the rules from here on out is there is it like a two drink limit now an hour I think it's two drinks per hour but they, it, the, I think there's like sometimes exceptions slash what I've heard from some people is like they'll do like, okay, it's two drinks an hour. So at like 8.57, they'll pound two drinks. Mm-hmm. And then at 9.04, they can have two more because that's technically like two separate hours. Yeah. So if you pound four drinks in five minutes, you can get kind of drunk. <laughs> or if your drink is like vodka on the rocks or right, something. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like they'll do things to like there is the rule. And I think that's ABC having – covering their asses yeah but the contestants know that there's like slight workarounds that they can do mm-hmm. yeah this is another thing that like would disqualify me like it takes so little alcohol for me to be like grumpy and tired <laughs> and like just like yeah. needing to go home that's why i did love corinne later on in the season she got in trouble for napping so much and i'm like queen mm-hmm. that <laughs> she's drunk she's passing out <laughs> she's having a drunk day nap like i don't know how yeah. anyone else keeps it going did you said that you guys interviewed her and she was lovely. It was like... Dude, she was great. I would say she's like exactly how you would think, though. Like, she was awesome and super open. I don't know. What would you say? Yeah, like, I would she say... She was very much Corinne. Like, I don't think she's putting on an act on TV. That's totally... That was That's my yeah. impression of her. I feel like if you watch as much reality TV as we do, you can kind of tell right away if someone's trying to create a moment or if someone just... It's an odd ball like Corinne who just... It, <laughs> It's spewing like one-liners and is just a really funny person to watch. Yeah. I imagine with the Corinne stuff though, like I could see her maybe being a little naive to how much production was helping her. Cause I even noticed it a lot in this episode, like the way they're kind of setting Corinne up, like seeing how she's like a character who kind of like really speaks her mind when she gets really wasted. There's like then little things that they did in this episode, like, oh, what a shock. Corinne is the one who takes her top off and and all the girls are kind of a little upset and irked by that. And, oh, she wins the group day. And then, oh, what do you know? Nick gives her the rose at the end. And I think it's little things like that where like they're seeing a character here and they're like setting her up to have a little bit more of like um, a target on her back. And I could see maybe Corinne at the time not realizing how much behind the scenes is like being manipulated to make her this person, but I noticed it a lot in this episode that there's like little things like, like I'm sure Nick was convinced and told to give her that rose after that date, just to kind of yeah. escalate and push things along. Yeah. Cause it's so clearly going to antagonize the other women to exactly. Yeah. The person who got right. naked on this date is the one who I'm, 
who won mm-hmm. won my attention. Because Nick is the sexy bachelor. Yeah. They have to like drive this point home that like he's all about sex. So of course the topless girl gets the rose. The the, the franchise is still always towing the line between this puritanical Christian like no sex before marriage slash look look at this sex bachelor like we're gonna bring this up every two seconds like whether it's Liz Frankenbiting or mm-hmm. like Corinne or you know being on this date like I know they're already like doing um in the trailer for like the upcoming weeks it's all the women crying and being like are you just here for casual fun or like are you here to find a wife and that's like his Mm -hmm. big storyline but that would not come later until he met um young natalie joy but that's for another (laughs) day but so to finish up this date quickly like so when they are at this museum like you guys said they're all they all have to do these fake breakups and it's like a little fun gimmick liz reads off this like really heartfelt like kind of felt like wedding vows a little bit i was Mm -hmm. i felt sad for her in this moment she really was just trying to be vulnerable and she's like this guy won't talk to me and i've been trying to talk to him for a couple days just get this one thing off my chest and he looks disgusted the whole time like he's scowling and he won't look at her he won't look at her says nothing it's so awkward and then after they move to this lounge and he says in his confessional i'm living my nightmare liz used this date as an opportunity to tell the other women about the story of how we met okay is this your nightmare nick like and and he keeps saying it like oh my god the other women are gonna find out like this could ruin everything find out what like why because you knew someone before you were the bachelor that doesn't even make sense like why would that ruin anything (laughs) i know because they're also all stalking each other on on instagram before like they're all familiar with each other what each other like looks like and just because they had one night stand like what would that even it's not like that's gonna give you this leg up necessarily i i didn't even understand the the logic of it but Kristen pulls Nick aside and says that Liz told him um told her all about their history together. So you guys said that Kristen and Liz had never had this conversation. So do you know how Kristen knew this at this point? So she doesn't I think the issue is that it's sex versus the history. Kristen knew that they knew each other and they met at Jade and Tanner's wedding, but the whole I slept with him was all no one knew about that. And that was all added in after. Mm-hmm. So I think she's saying, she's saying to Nick, I know about your history, right? Yes. Cause then when she says you had sex, but that's just once again, one shot of, of Kristen, like, unless you literally see her mouth, say those words while Nick is also in the shot, you don't know the context of when that sentence was even said, it could have been about something totally different. Um, Cause yeah, I do believe when Liz was talking to Kristen, she was saying, Oh yeah, we knew each other at the wedding blah but the sex part was never discussed yeah because she in this confessional it looks or not confessional on this little date aside it does look like she's saying to nick like first she says like i know about your history and then he's like what specifically and she's like oh that you guys had sex but like this was you're saying this was like another thing that was spliced in it could have been or it could have been a totally different context like it could have been like I don't who who even knows. Producer sitting on the other. Yeah, you're right. It is a close up shot of her. So like you see both of them in the frame, and then when she says the sex part, it's just her. Mm -hmm. So who knows who she's talking to? Like she, the producer could have sat down and said like, yeah, 
like, what would you say to someone who just had sex? And she'd say, you had sex. <laughs> and then they take that. And then oh my God, it's, it's hard too because as much as I'm like coming in hot with like, oh, they know what they're signing up for. It is still also really devastating to be humiliated the way that they are because, and I think you guys address this with your interview with, with Kristen. Kristen later went on to Bachelor in Paradise for one of the most humiliating storylines mm-hmm. that I just thought was so, it wasn't fun to watch. Like it was her yeah. getting this nickname of scallop fingers and everyone just bullying her because she ate scallops once. And they basically said that she like smelled like seafood and was gross. And it was like, uh, yeah. it, I was like, what are we doing here? Like we've lost our way. Mm -hmm. In our interview, um, she actually said that she would like order pasta or she'd order other things and they'd say like, oh no, we only have this. And then they would give her scallops. So like they added to the storyline. They're purposely trying to make her, she went on a date with um, that doctor guy for Jonathan. Mm. And she's like, oh, he has this like awesome, like pasta chicken dish and I get a plate of scallops. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want this. Like, why are you giving me this? And she had no clue until the end that they were making a mockery of her. And she actually said, quote, I felt like I was bullied by a network. Just, just so like, that's disheartening. That's what it felt like because she was perfectly lovely. And it would just became Mm -hmm. this thing where like everyone would be giggling behind her back. And I was like, we're the, like is one of the qualifications for the producers to like have been a bully in high school like or how are you guys like where where are these ideas coming from because this isn't even like fun tv it just was sad right yeah and especially in the case of the scalps fingers thing it's like that doesn't add to the drama of the show it's like this weird little tidbit that you're trying to make some joke like i would much rather see like an authentic storyline like Liz coming on Nick season and, and all the stuff that actually happened in real life, then this made up nickname for this poor girl. Like it, it doesn't really add anything. And quite frankly, I think that's where the show has been really going wrong recently is like the main focus is these like fake made up like, Oh, will or will this girl poop or not? And that's just so not entertaining to me. Yeah. It's almost like, it's like kind of like slapstick, like three stooges, like, Oh yeah. Oh, Lazy. will she run? Yeah, we don't. Yeah, that's not really what we're here for. So, so back to this date. This date wraps up with Nick pulling Liz aside and saying, "Like, look, he's like so pissed." And you see him getting like more pissed as the show goes on. But finally, this is like their confrontation where he says, "Like, why didn't you get my number at the time? Like, are you he- just here to be on TV?" Which that isn't something they. it's not often outright said like the whole for the right reasons is like usually the euphemism he's straight up like are you just here to be on tv um and is not really letting her speak too much but she's trying to explain herself and he said that the more she's talking the less sense she makes he has a clarity she needs and sends her home right away um and he goes back in he's like i need to tell the women everything and he he does. He's explaining their history, but he has a little smirk on his face the whole time. And I'm like, classic, mm-hmm. classic Nick. He's like, oh, this is going to be so devastating. But I'm like, you're loving the attention, aren't you? From like this yeah. moment. <laughs> and that's how it ends. How is Liz? She's doing great. I still follow her. I think she follows me. Um, is she like happy? and Yeah, yeah she's oh, happily no, she's, married. She's... I think she has... A kid, maybe one one or two kids. Um, 
She, yeah, she's living her best life. Happily married she's, with a family. She's a dual. Okay. Right? Wasn't she a dual yeah, yeah. on the show? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Amazing. I, that's, that's all I want to see with Vanessa. Like, they really all have, have married off. Uh, it's funny, though, to watch the first episode of the season because the eventual winner, Vanessa, like, they they never had chemistry. Like, not at any point, really, on this show. With Nick, you mean? Vanessa? Yeah. I remember the screen grab of them at the after the final rose and someone just like paused it and like Nick's looking one way and Vanessa's looking down and everyone's like the happy couple, ladies and gentlemen, because like they looked like I feel like he was better suited with Raven, but I feel like he was so physically attracted to Vanessa and Vanessa was so much more his type. That it didn't, it didn't matter that they were not compatible at all and they lived in different countries and neither of them had any, like, n- neither of them wanted to move to the other person's place. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. all signs pointed to, like, you should not pick this girl, but he's like, but she's pretty. So I have to pick her. I know. And it's so funny. Even just, she's, so she's from Quebec, which is where I'm from. And she's so, it's, it's a place where people are very blunt and just, like, to the point mm-hmm. and really it can be a little jarring for people that aren't used to that culturally. And I'm like, it was never meant to be because Nick is so wishy-washy and like never really like gets, he never really like drills down to the issues. Like the whole rest of the season was just him being like kind of pouting and sulking and sort of lecturing the women, but it wasn't really clear what the goal was, but yeah, that's classic bachelor behavior. Just pick the prettiest one, regardless of whether you live across <laughs> yeah. the continent or have anything in common. Yeah. The women, the women tend to pick uh, someone who they're actually they're much more likely to end up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally. think only isn't it only one bachelor who's still with his person? Isn't it Sean? It's I think Sean, Sean, Sean and, and yeah. Sean, and, Sean Catherine. and Catherine are married. Are, yeah, everyone else is. Um, Either a runner-up, like Jason, or with their second pick, and yeah, Ar- and Ari. Ari, they're both married, but to their runner-ups. And I mean, Zach Shalcross is engaged, so yeah. you know who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah, but yeah, the guys don't do it as well as the girls. Yeah, classic. Um, okay, Stephanie and Jackie, thank you so much for your time, and thank you so much for oh, getting you. into all the all the dirt, all the behind-the-scenes drama that we love from the show. For anyone okay. who's unfamiliar, I'm sure everyone knows where to find you, but tell everyone where they can find you guys. Yeah, we are the She's All Batch podcast. You can listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow She's All Batch on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow Jackie Maroney underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, we do recaps. We do interviews with people from the show. We cover Bachelor Nation news. Uh, we have a segment called Bachelor Encounters where people submit stories of meeting Bachelor Nation in the wild. And we read about those stories on air and it's a good time. Mm-hmm. That's actually like the tagline I say in the actual show. But it's kind of like um, the Jamois of Bachelor Nation, a, if you will. Yeah, like people submitting like, oh, I met Nick. We've had plenty of encounters about Nick where people are like, oh, I ran into him at the coffee shop. This is what he did. And it's it's fun. I, I was yeah. real life encounter. I love that segment of yours. And I was like trying to rack my brain. I'm like, have I met any of them in the wild? And I was like, oh, um, I met 
Hannah G's hairstylist. I'm like, that's not, that's not. That would, honestly, go ahead, submit it. It's fun. I mean, like people, our listeners know now, like the more details they add in, the better, because we'll go off on tangents about things and like question certain things about the encounters that are submitted. So it it's fun. It's a fun little segment. It's really fun. Yeah. You guys get you guys creep, you guys get into the dirt and you get real mm-hmm. bachelor alumni. Oh, you really listen. No, I really like <laughs> I really enjoy it. And like you get the real dirt on bachelor alum, like yeah. them themselves. So it's really fantastic. All that will be in the show notes. Thank you guys so much. And thank you, Emily. Yeah, thank this is awesome. This is so fun. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 